As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Warriors All 82 podcast. Ethan Strauss, like me, I assume, watched from his couch tonight because that's what we do in 2021. It was an interesting game in Portland. Another road game, another competitive road game from the Warriors who've been good on the road lately, but another bad loss in in the final moments. You know, uh, the last 13 days you had the collapse in Orlando. The fiasco in Charlotte, and then tonight Lillard beats them at the end. Those are three hurtful losses when we talk about seeding, and, and we will probably be talking about this late in the season. Yeah, it was a pit-in-your-stomach kind of loss, especially when you look down the barrel of the upcoming schedule, and it does seem like one of those losses that can potentially uh, turn the season. And like you also said, it was a really good game. It had a certain intensity. I don't know if you'd call it a playoff intensity. Uh, a bit of a rock fight at times. Um, and I guess this is what qualifies as a rock fight in 2021 uh, when you're in the hundreds. It's not a good feeling. And I think the thing I'm kind of struggling with, struggling to figure out, and it dovetails with the argument that we had with Marcus on Warriors Plus Minus, is this feeling of the offense needs to be better. Kerr. I felt kind of called 21st out. Twenty-first ranked. Yeah, twenty-first ranked. I felt I kind of felt like Kerr was kind of calling out Wiggins a little bit, a little bit of a jostle, a little bit of a nudge. But I try to be thirty thousand foot view. I try to look at this objectively, and I just don't. I don't see the capacity. I don't see the capability. I don't see the horses. I'm with you, and I. You know, it's funny that question that you're referring to. I asked him post game. I said, "Do you need more out of the centers?" And part of that is. Portland funneled the ball to Looney tonight, and he, you know, biffed three layups. It's such a Looney uh, hater. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, how about the one at the end of the half? You know, I was as as uh, you know as a Looney apologist slash proponent. I was riding high in that first quarter. I was going, look at that plus minus. Look at that defense. That defense doesn't get there without Looney. And whoo boy, did Looney come back to earth in this game. Yeah, he had a strip steal. It was nice. They somehow coaxed Looney into a couple mid-range jumpers, um, which you know they're wide open, but he's just not—he doesn't hit them. I mean, and I don't want to just devolve it right into a James Wiseman conversation because you know you mentioned the Wiggins stuff, but 
I understand his flaws. We see it tonight. He's completely in his head, and his canner's out-leveraging him for offensive rebounds. He's making defensive mistakes. He was better in the second stint than the first stint. But as we talk about this team needing to find extra scoring, as Steve Kerr says post-game, they need to find it. And yes, you can maybe take that as a shot at Wiggins, who went 6 of 15, scored 14 points. They need more. They also have a potential 20-point-per-game center. You know, and I don't mean twenty point per game this season as a rookie, but like you know, I think the the ceiling is is at least twenty a game. You know, maybe in year three, year four, whatever. But he's a scoring punch off the bench. He already has games through twenty five games of his career of twenty five of twenty, whatever. And to me, they just if they want this offense to get better, they need James Wiseman to get better. And the reality is, I know the type of mistakes he's making, but to get him better, do they have to play him more than eleven minutes? I mean, it's hard not to talk about him. His minutes are a roller coaster. I feel every pump fake that they throw at him when he's in foul trouble. He's just always teetering, it seems, on the brink of it all going badly or going brilliantly. And to what you were saying, I felt like you were going with an interesting angle with your questions after the game, saying basically, is this is this where the offense needs to come from? It, it might be too much too soon. You know, I did a weird thing after the game. I just watched his the highlight reel i think it's his rising stars highlight reel because it was just in the youtube algorithm and i was kind of blown away by it i was thinking you know this might be the best collection of highlights any rookie has lamello included who's obviously the best rookie performer so far or i mean it's him or halliburton he's been incredible but wiseman has these moments of just ridiculous brilliance being able to do things nobody his size can do in the entire league and then he often screws things up that almost every big guy can do in the league and it's so difficult to figure out what the expectation should be and it was interesting to me when you were asking Steph Steph did mention speaking to your theory about following the rookie leader ladder or whatever Steph was saying power he, rankings the power rankings it made me wonder it did make me wonder if that's getting in his head a little bit too and if that's an issue it is and it's not even just like the fact that LaMelo Ball has been great and that noise grows every day but it's the fact that he's been pulled from the rotation he got the injury and then now like they're limiting his minutes he's frustrated every time he gets pulled out of the game I saw Mike Brown having a four-minute conversation with him during you know it was it was he'd been pulled and he was sitting over there on the bench and you know the game is going on and you see Steve Kerr you know how like they have the spread out seating for coaches and there was an empty seat next to Steve Kerr where Mike Brown usually sits I was like oh that's weird and it's it's multiple possessions where it's going up and down the court and Mike Brown's seat is still empty and because Mike Brown's over there talking to James Wiseman and look they're trying to win and James Wiseman's not really helping them win but at the same time James Wiseman was better a month ago Yes. And they need to get him back to that. That's the point. That's that's the that's the thing I think that's worth discussing. What happened to the three-pointers, you know? What happened to those because you can say, look, he's not maybe as good at them as his percentages would indicate and maybe he'd come back to earth, but you know what? A wide open James, James Wiseman three-pointer is better than a hell of a lot of the other options that this team is going through right now, especially when there's no Steph in the game. So where where is that? I think that's a, that's a good question to ask because it seems like that is there. I mean, it looked like at one point he was setting up possibly to try to receive a pass for one, and then there was an out-of-bounds call on somebody else. But 
no, I think that these are fair questions, and I don't think we're coming at it from the perspective of this is the obvious solution, and giving Wiseman more minutes and more of a role is going to result in them making the playoffs. I think it's more a sense of maybe it's worth it just to do this because what are you really even fighting for? This season is about next season. Beyond that, you know, there's this idea that when we talk about Wiseman's growth that we're talking about when he's 24 years old and Steph's, you know, out of his prime or even, hey, when we're talking about next season, well, what about this season? They need to win this season. You can grow James Wiseman in this season. I think James Wiseman's growth now matters for May. You know what I mean? Like he can get better within a season. And guess what we're learning? He can get worse in a season. And he seems to be getting worse as they are pulling the reins back from him. And, you know, I don't look, I, I again, it's, it's a lot of it's harder to dissect when we're not like truly behind the scenes like we usually are. And, and we're not, you know, in as in-depth conversations. We still talk to, you know, people all around the team, obviously, but it's just, as you know, it's just better on the ground floor. Well, so. it's one thing to get Draymond talking in a press conference, and it's another thing to get him in the locker room, and it's not on the record, and he's actually giving you some insight. Everything has to be run through the filter of everybody is going to see it, and they're especially sensitive about it when it's a 19-year-old, and they're worried about what he's reading and if he's going to overreact and, and everything else. And so it is it is a little difficult to get to the reality of, of what's happening sometimes, not just with this. It's a weird argument to make, and like I try to kind of write it delicately within what I wrote tonight, where I'm saying they need to get more out of James Wiseman to win games and and to become a better team. Yet at the same time, you know, if they give him more minutes right in this current moment, they become kind of a worse team. This team obviously needs more scoring, and whatever you think about him, like he's a scorer. They need to find ways to utilize that more. I think the general model is you get 15 minutes, those are the minutes you're spotted, and then the others you earn. And so I guess it's case by case whether he's earning those minutes. He struggled. He struggled against the Blazers, against Cantor's strength, against Lillard's shiftiness in the pick and roll. It was probably more bad than good, I think, uh, though it wasn't all bad either. It's so hard to know. You know, there's no manual for it. I'm sympathetic to the organization in that way just because I don't completely know if it's so obvious how you do this. What I do think generally from what I've heard of what works with bringing young rookies along, you want to give them achievable goals, tangible goals that we need you to do X amount, right? Or you should be trying to go for X amount, maybe similar to how the Warriors are trying to get 300 passes a game. You know, maybe they need to start with that if they're not already communicating that to Wiseman, give him some goals to shoot for to try to keep the game a little simpler because it is interesting. I mean, even if progress isn't always linear, it is a little bit, you know, I don't want to say concerning because he's so young, but the the looking like a worse player than when he was just completely green, it's a little strange. Yeah, and I don't know how much the injury had anything to do with that. If you actually look, his like four or five games before the injury were solid. You know, he had that 25 game, 25 point game against Minnesota. I think he had like something like 17 and nine, no, 11 and nine in 17 minutes, and then fell on his wrist. You know, like the game he got hurt, he was playing very well. And, you know, I thought the Charlotte game, he, he obviously had moments. I think he had 16 points in 16 minutes. But yeah, I mean, it just seems to have been a regression for probably for several reasons and 
can we say the three point shooting thing is weird? I mean, isn't it? It's just kind of weird that he just doesn't shoot them yeah, anymore. Barely yeah. or barely does. I mean, I know. I mean, I don't know what's going on with that. I, I asked her about it, and there's no mandate that he can't. And I don't think that Steve wants him just flipping him up there. But it's just strange that he arrives on the scene when it's scariest when you're completely brand new, no training camp, no summer league, just striping them from deep and won't shoot him now. It, it's just very strange. Well, he's lost on offense. I think some of his bobbles have not only gotten to him, but I think his teammates don't throw it to him now as much a little bit because they're like, look, he might drop it, so let's not throw this lob. There Maybe there's a little of that. And also, he's not on the court very often. He's just not. So... I think one reason we were fixating on it is we're just trying to find any way this team can get offense. And maybe that's not the correct, maybe that's not the correct way. Maybe Kerr tweaking Wiggins in a way that maybe he hasn't been tweaked in Minnesota. Maybe that is a way to do it. But I, I just think that they are, I don't want to say out of options, but they are, they are depleted on that end and it shows up in this game. And we can look at these losses and we can say, turnovers or bad luck sure to an extent but teams that lack options at the end of a game when the defense is keyed in and they can put two on the ball against Steph at the right moments that might have a lot to do with these close results not ending up so great of late Anthony Edwards 1048 minutes this season LaMelo Ball 1010 minutes Isaac Okoro actually second most 1030 minutes Scroll down, scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. 18th in rookies in minutes played. James Wiseman, 506. He's played half the minutes of the other top three picks. I understand the reasoning. I understand there's an absence for an injury in there that the other two doesn't ha- don't have either. You know, and the other two are not in winning situations. Obviously, like if, if the Warriors were the 7-29 and 29 Wolves, they would be probably playing him 25 minutes a night at least. But... It's worth discussing, particularly, like you said, when when they're looking for scoring options. Let's get away from Wiseman. You know, what else from tonight? I'm just thinking about it. Like, what else from tonight? It's just, to me, it's taken for granted that the defense is good. (laughs) It's Nobody's really going to care uh, when they lose the game, but I think that that was a lot of the reason why they seemed like this was their game to win. I think they controlled the game for a lot of the action. I thought Steph looked tired at times. I think that's perhaps why he went from just being dominant at the outset. And it just seems like, I think this is the other concern that just too much is on him. And I I am of two minds with this, which is on the one hand, this season's about next season. On the other hand, it just feels like they need to do something to get him some oxygen, to get him some kind of help in the short term. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Were you on the Draymond interview, which was three questions? I was on the Steph call. Um, I, did not, I did not get to the Draymond call. What did he say? I asked Draymond about um, Steve's comment, which was pretty direct, like you said. And and I think a lot of people, like you said, took it as a 
direct shot at Wiggins and I asked it in a way that was more about the centers, yet when I asked Draymond about Steve saying that they need more scoring that's not, you know, either generated off Steph or from Steph, he said, I don't really, you know, I I, I wish I could get the exact quote up. People can look it up, but it was basically like, no, that's just kind of how we're built. That's our offense. It does maximize Draymond in a way that, at this stage of Draymond, right? I mean, it, it gets him all those gaudy assist totals and it, really tries to it's their offense but but it's like different when Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson are there and Steph's running around and doing this it's just the entire focus the spotlight always on him the defense always it just seems I do wonder I do wonder if this is optimized for the talent at this point I'm just just saying to win games, look, this is like the identity they want to build. They're focusing on defense. It's why Draymond and Kevon Looney are on the court together. And really, if you look at like the lineup numbers, it's been solid. Now, they usually beat up bad teams. They play better teams. They have a tougher time against better teams. I don't know. I mean, missing it. We, we should, I should mention, they missed Kelly Oubre tonight, who's had a great last month and apparently had practiced in L.A., went up for a dunk at a scrimmage, by the way, and held onto the rim too long and that's the third guy they've had or uh second guy they've had get an injury in practice that's worth noting but of course on the other side no mccollum and so it's sort of yeah it's probably worse for the blazers in that exchange but it is worth noting just if we're talking about the team and how it functions and um, now Ubre is this plus offensive player after being this massive minus in the past, I think I'm just dealing with a sense of damned if you do, damned if you don't. And it seems like almost every decision that they could make when looking at this, and I think, again, it was at the root of our conversation with Marcus on it, is there there are no good options unless something miraculous appears. Jordan Poole being G League Jordan Poole in the NBA or Wiseman having it suddenly click. But it just seems right now that this particular thing offensively is not, it's just not, it's not working. It works for a bit. They've done a great job of shoring up what you missed defensively from him, but just, you know, the floor spacing, the secondary scoring. I was really curious to see the Clay Thompson that was towards the end of, you know, he got, he got pretty good as, even in like the game he got hurt where he tore his ACL, like remember he was like doing off the dribble stuff, like pull up like twenty two footers, or the type of stuff where you're like, dude, he can maybe like lead the second unit, you know, be a, like running a little pick. Game and roll, six you know? of the NBA Finals. Yes, exactly. So I don't know. I mean, like at this point, you definitely don't trust that because he's coming off those two major injuries. But you know, you're missing the guy that you would presume would be in the Wiggins role right now, which, which Wiggins isn't exactly excelling at. Wiggins would be playing off of him. The roster construction, I don't know. I uh, I don't know. Where are you at on it? I mean, I, I think that they didn't prioritize shooting enough. I think that they could make up for some of these issues if they just had a bit more shooting. And so I think that that is worth raising as one, partic- uh, one particular issue. Um, at the same time, you have to credit what they've built defensively, and inherently you have these trade-offs. But I think that's a fair criticism. Not enough shooting. I don't think that you're necessarily demanding that they have some dynamic playmaker on the team because they just had such they had such constraints with Durant leaving and with all their salary commitments. Maybe you could say that they haven't 
generated a lot of in-house talent like the Lakers have gotten from some of these lower-tier drafted guys. That that could be said. I just think it's fair. I'm not one way or the other way with it. I just look at it as they are at least a move away from contending, and that is that is the goal. What do you think about the second unit right now? They actually had an okay night. Now, it wasn't because of Brad Wanamaker, really. Pascal went one of seven, but they defended well enough. And then Lee hit a couple timely threes. Wiggins had like one big putback at one point that was helpful. Um, and, you know, they're playing a Portland second unit that obviously doesn't have McCollum or Nurkic because they're hurt and also doesn't have Lillard in that pocket of the game. So, like, tonight's not the night to criticize that second unit, yet at the same time you had Poole and Mannion over there as options. Kerr did not go to them. We talk about a team that needs some scoring punch. Poole probably needs a test drive at some point to see how real it can possibly be, particularly with him on the ball. Maybe that's coming after the All-Star break, but it's probably got to be tried. Yeah. You know what? Screw it. I've been joking about it. I'm serious. Bring over Justini and Jessup. Do it. You know? Well, I think they've committed to to starting his contract clock next season. Maybe it's time to change their minds. They need offense. They need shooting. I don't know anything about how that guy's going to do in the NBA, but to quote Andrew Bogut, you're not leaving him. (laughs) Like, just to give that much, to give Steph some air. I, I Look... I don't know. I wish I was more cogent right now. I feel like I'm doing a very bad job. I feel like I'm doing a very bad podcast, and I apologize for it. It's just I look at the situation that they're in, how they've been locked in this Groundhog Day of middling, and they're never quite up, and they're never quite down, and maybe they're about to hit a little skid, and it's just so hard to find a way forward for this particular for this particular season. And Anything you try to think up just feels like it's very much on the margins. Are you going through something similar, or do you have more strong opinions about what they should do? Yeah, look, if the referees say block tonight instead of charge on on Draymond's drive, or if Lillard doesn't hit the moon ball, basically game winner, and they win the game, then we're not having this, you know, the more existential conversation tonight. We're just talking about a nice win in Portland. You know, they probably outplayed the Blazers. And there was an element of coin flip, and there were a few Steph shots that rattled in and out or should have gone down. Um, and I, I don't necessarily agree with Kerr, though, on the uh, the call being bad. I think it was just kind of in one of those gray areas where it's it's just one or the other. And I think if you call it one way, you shouldn't overturn it. Uh, so I don't... I don't really look at it that way. I mean, they had a lot of opportunities at the end. It felt very it felt very Charles Smith against the Chicago Bulls uh, at certain moments and one of those sequences with all the offensive rebounds and not being able to get it done. At the same time, we, we would have a different mood when doing this podcast. We'd probably be talking more about their defense, but the problem remains, and it's the same issue nearly every game, which is an offense that, that sputters, even though you have one of the greatest offensive players of all time on it. Yeah, and that brings me, you know, it brings it back to the original point that I'm talking about where suddenly what they're doing with Wiseman become, like on a night that they lose, it becomes more of a topic than a night that they win because, you know, them limiting Wiseman and winning, it's like, okay, yeah, you know, it you might have hindered his development very slightly tonight, but you got the win. But when you lose and you only pay, play him 11 minutes, then you start to think and go, if they're only going to play him 11 minutes over the next month, he's going to be a worse player a month from now than if they played him 25 minutes. Now, if they play him 25 minutes a night, 
and they lose four more games than they would have, then that's a trade-off. You know, that that is the trade-off they're balancing, but it's hard not to think about that when they lose the game tonight and then post-game they're talking about a need to find more scoring when you're saying there's a potential scorer on your bench that you can develop. You know what I mean? Like It's like Kavon Looney's not going to develop into that. There's nobody else on that roster. I mean, well, Poole. Poole's another guy who maybe can develop into it. This is why I like your suggestion. I, I, it breaks the mold of how Kerr typically runs offense, but get him with that second unit and have a more traditional pick-and-roll attack because James Wiseman is a pick-and-roll player. And you need the guard for that, and Wanamaker's not that guy. We, we, we know that. We've seen that. I mean... Bazemore has done some really good work this season, but did you see that one possession where he was getting hounded end of quarter situation and it, it looked like he was just being mauled. I can't remember if it was Gary Trent Jr. It was like nobody was noticing that he just <laughs> that he just couldn't get out of the situation until the ball was finally knocked loose. Um, and so he's not going to be that pick and roll player. And I know Wiggins likes to get downhill and do a bit of that. I mean, that could be interesting if you had Wiggins ball handling and pick and roll a bit with Wiseman. Maybe try a little of that, but it's why I'm very sympathetic to your idea of bring up, you know, bring up Jordan Poole. Bring up somebody who can run a pick and roll with Wiseman. See if you can start generating some offense when Steph sits, uh, because that's when it's especially acutely awful offensively. And then if you get him back into the player he was a month ago and maybe an advanced mental version of that on the defensive end with more confidence, by mid-April, you might have a guy who is helping you win while you know, like he, he's doing stuff. There are still defensive flashes. Like he got out on Lillard once tonight where it was like, Man, that, that guy's mobile enough to be a switch big. I don't know if he ever will be, but it's there. And like you're trying to fast track that process at some point. If he ever got aggressive and confident, it'd be scary. There is that Rodney Hood shot over him because he sagged back so much on him that he, he made it easy. And I was just thinking, I mean, it would be terrifying if he used that mobility and he was just coming at you because he can move, I think, like a perimeter player. You know, the other thing I, I think they should do with him don't pull him during because of foul trouble. Because he's not, you know, particularly the way they're playing him. Like him getting a fourth, it's not like, uh oh, what if he fouls out? Like, what are, you're pulling him anyways at some point. Like, I do think sometimes they're like, oh, he's got two in the first quarter. Got to pull him, especially if they want to use him in the second quarter. It's like, well, you might not even use him in the second quarter anyways. Just like, he could have four in the first half, five in the first half. It doesn't matter that much. Now, you don't want him to keep getting fouls like that. But I just mean, you know, you're not too worried about him getting to six. Because by the time he gets to six, you were probably pulling him anyways. I would agree. I think some of it was they were just trying to generate some kind of offensive spark with small ball. And so... That was uh, that that was part of what happened tonight as well. But he's also just put them in a tough spot. I mean, they wanted to start him. They gave him that opportunity at the beginning, and they were really bad in those minutes. And so it's a lot to balance and figure out. And I'm not sure this is a fan base that is used to having those decisions. It's the best of bad options. You know, there's no magical... There's no magical solution. It's why one embittered coach went on a rant about Larry Bird ain't walking through that door. It is kind of one of those situations where you're just going to have to have the best of bad options, and that's just what's going to have to happen this season. Yeah, 
And the last thing I should say, because I did, I, I, I wrote it too. Like, this is on Wiseman too. He needs to pull himself out of this if he's going to be who he's going to be. And he's got plenty of time in his career ahead of him to, to, to solve this. But, you know, it's on him. We can't just say, well, the coaching, you know, the coaching staff needs to do this or that. And, you know, it's, this is, James Wiseman must do this. I think that is the balancing act because people sometimes say, why are you, being so harshly critical of a 19-year-old player, which is, I understand that. There's nuance here where it's, we're not writing him off. We're not saying that he's doing anything terrible considering the circumstances. We have an understanding that this is not an easy process, but it's ultimately a process that is on him to figure out long-term, right, in the first few years of his career. Um, And... As much as the team can facilitate it, as much as Draymond might say that organizations are at fault when things go badly, I I do think that when you see a player of his caliber um, in terms of talent, it is probably on him as to whether he's going to be a superstar or not. I think that's just, that is true of him specifically. It's not true of every player. There are a lot of players where they're not so in control of it, but I think with with him and with those gifts, I, I do think, and this is the positive to take away from Warriors fans, I do believe this, and I, I might even differ with uh, our friend Nate Duncan on this. I think if James Wiseman works hard and sticks to the grind, he is going to figure it out and be great. I mean, I do think that's that's the case. Yep. All right, Ethan, appreciate you uh, coming on, and I will talk, I believe Marcus Thompson is coming on tomorrow night to wrap up the first half with a somewhat big game in Phoenix. You know, you don't want to be going into the break having lost three in a row. It'll be a tough game. Very tough game. I don't think I said anything definitively, um, and I rambled in my confusion about the offense, but I appreciate you allowing me the chance to try to figure out what the hell is going on with this team in my own mind, at least. I didn't get Many there. more games and confusing uh, <laughs> results to uh, to come this season. Talk to you after most of them.